Okay, so good morning. This is Reggie Draws. Um, first podcast. Um, I'll be releasing a new podcast every Sunday, so that'll be interesting. We'll see how that goes. So this is the first ever podcast that I've ever made. Um, so uh, hopefully it turns out well. So the first topic I'd like to talk about actually wait before we do that um, let's do an intro I think I, I made like a quick intro song hopefully you guys like it so I'll see you guys in a bit Okay, so that was the intro. Um, tell me what you guys think. Uh, I just did that real quick. Um, wanted to get like a upbeat kind of melody. Hopefully that one's nice. One thing I did see when I was going over um, finding like interesting topics to find was, let's see, let me see one here if I could find it. Hmm. Nope. see let's see okay i think i found it so the first thing i thought was pretty interesting because my my podcast is focused on finding interesting things and, and, and talking about it so one of the first things i did see was that i'm, I'm not sure if it's true but i, I did find it on, on a website here um i have to double check now now that i'm thinking if it's real or not but they did say, or there's an article here that says, uh, that says um, Chinese martial artists must stop calling themselves masters according to official decree. Now, that sounds interesting because um, for a long time now, uh, you know, ever since I was a kid, you know, watching these martial arts movies, and every every time there's always like a master of something like I don't know, like master of hidden fist or master of jumping monkey or something like that. So what the um, what the Chinese Wushu Association, according to this article, is saying that um, they, they, they want to protect like the legacy of martial arts. Because um, I don't know if you know who um, Xu Shaodong is. I think that's his name. He's a he's an MMA fighter, and he challenges like martial artists um, from China um, to to matches. And on one of them was um, I remember a Tai Chi master that he challenged, or uh, the Tai Chi master challenged um, Xu Shaodong, and and that guy got knocked out. The Tai Chi guy, and it was pretty bad. I think he was old. He was like in his sixties. I don't know why. First off, you're in your 60s and you're fighting a MMA fighter. That's pretty insane. So th that's dangerous at that age. God, I don't know what what he what he was thinking, and I, I I don't know why no one tried to stop it. Um, because I think he truly believes 
um, that his Tai Chi could defeat this MMA guy. And when it comes down to it, it's it's hard to watch. Um, I mean, Xu Xiaodong didn't like beat him too bad. I think he he knocked him down, and then he just stopped. But um, but you could see like that the old man was kind of like scared. Uh, and it's just it's just bad. And then there's the other ones where he fights a Wing Chun master. And again, um, the Wing Chun master gets uh, destroyed by Xu Xiaodong. So I think, you know, in order to keep the integrity um, of martial arts, obviously you don't want some guy who does MMA and just starts destroying your your history. You know, it's it's your culture. But at the same time, I, I understand where 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 people. Like they're they're tired of of people saying like oh I'm a master of this, I'm a master of that, and then when you know you, when you put it to the test, you notice that it's not even. You, you'll you'll see you'll see that who who's really good at fighting and who's not, and that's just I don't know that's just sad because I know there's a there's a fight with, I think it's Xu Xiaodong too, he fights a Sanda um, practitioner. And I think that one Xu Xiaodong lost because Sanda is a lot closer to MMA. I think it's more like kickboxing with some throws. So yeah, it's just, I just found that interesting while I was watching. I mean, I was reading through that uh, earlier this week and I was like, whoa, that's, that's insane. Okay. Well, that's the first interesting thing. So second thing, uh, if you guys don't know who I am, um, my name is Reggie. Um, I do, I do have a YouTube channel. It's still early. So, um, there's a lot of things I need to learn. Um, I'm editing it myself. So, uh, it's just, it's a, it's fun. It's a fun process. It's a creative outlet for me, but, um, I feel like I want to be where those, other YouTubers have been, and I know they've been there longer than I have, probably even years. Um, and then they have they probably have an editing team, and I just want to be there one day. So what I'm doing is, is I do like a uh, it's it's a channel that focuses on drawing, but I have a segment that that goes I, I think every Tuesday. I think I scheduled it for every Tuesday, where I talk about mythical creatures. So the first one is a pretty interesting one. It's actually, um, which one was it? I did so many. Let me think. Uh, let me just grab my notes. That's much, that's much easier. Okay. Which one was it? So yeah, my first one was Baku. So Baku, he is a mythical creature from Japan. It's pretty interesting. So, you know, uh, it, so le let me just explain. So at least if you have, if you don't watch the YouTube videos, at least I could talk a little bit about it in the podcast. Okay. So the first one was Baku, um, the devourer of bad dreams. Um, why is he called that? Because Baku was, well, is a creature or a mythical creature 
um, created by the Japanese, although it originates from China, uh, from another uh, creature, mythical creature named Mo. Um, but it is uh, basically a creature that's a chimera of an uh, anteater face, no, or tapir face with a lion mane and tiger claws. And what it does is that when you're having a bad dream or a nightmare, you call upon the Baku and then the Baku will come in according to the myth and legend uh, and, and eat up your bad nightmare. So I was like, whoa, cool. I've never heard of that before, before doing the research and, and looking through what it is. And, and it's pretty interesting how like it evolved based on um, communications with, with China, right? Because earlier, before um, the introduction of the depiction of Mo, because Mo looks like what Baku looks like now. So when, when before that, um, Baku actually looked like a small tapir, just like a small tapir, no, no lion mane. And I think he had tiger claws. Let me just Google that real quick. Um, and then when, when, um, when the ancient Japanese people and the ancient Chinese people started, you know, communicating and trading slowly the images of Mo traveled to Japan and then because I think Mo okay Mo has uh has tusks like a like an elephant and then when um when you when you see Baku before that it, it was just like a regular kind of small tapir like old drawings of the Baku and then when you see um later on in the in the the century like uh I don't know what I'm saying. Later on, the, when they when they started trading with uh, Chinese traders, and they had depictions of Mo um, uh, being traded. Oh, I can't even find it now. Okay, yeah, it it looks a lot like the Baku now. So that's that's pretty cool. And yeah, and and it's just so the the story is of the Mo. Uh, I mean, of Baku, is that uh, it's, it's a supernatural being in Japanese culture and it's formed when the creator God just created every other animal in the world and then he was left with just spare parts. Um, so he just placed them all together and, and he was just like, you know what, you're called Baku. Uh, so he had a body of a horse, the manes and fangs of a lion, the head of a tapir and the legs and paws of a tiger. And then the, the creator God created Baku and told him that his responsibility is to protect humans from bad nightmares because Baku can't eat since he wasn't created like, a, like other animals. He can't eat anything that's like grass or, or other animals. So he had, the only way for him to sustain himself is through dreams or or um, like bad energy. So that's why uh, um, Japanese people call upon Tabaku, so that when he appears um, in your in your room, like as a spirit, 
He goes in and eats all the way, all, all of your nightmares, leaving you feeling better and happy. But, but, there's a big but. Um, the more times that you call upon the Baku, and you, you let's say every, every night you call him, right? Because every night you're having a nightmare. So the more and more you call upon the Baku, the more hungrier he gets. And sometimes your bad dreams may not be enough. And according to the legend, if you call upon the Baku too many times, he will start eating away at your dreams and your hopes, which is kind of messed up. Like, <laughs> I think um, a lot of millennials have that right now. Because <laughs> I definitely do. Um, but um, yeah, I just, yeah, I just found that interesting. Like where, where you would have to create a mythical creature, like like your your nightmares are so bad that in order for you to get through it subconsciously, or for you to just you know go through your day, um, you 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 want to do this like you become you create a mythical creature named the baku and just get rid of your nightmares that way that's that's pretty interesting there i found that pretty cool okay and then the next creature that i created um well that i that i made a video of for the reggie draws channel is the karkadan the lord of the desert um so if, i don't know if you ever heard about this mythical creature uh, but it's actually a Persian uh, creature um, whose name is uh, means Lord of the Desert. I think Karkadan in Ar Arabic means that too. Uh, I have to double check. But I know when I was researching this, it says it's a Persian word that means Lord of the Desert. And it belongs to a mythical creature uh, before, back then, that... Li that says it lived in the grassy plains of India and Persia. So it's it's pretty interesting. It could be like a long lost rhino because um it says here that the legend of the Karkadan could actually be traced back to a um, rhino called Elasmotherium. Um, but there's also like historical data that says. It might not be, it might be just pure myth because uh, according to historians that the Elasmotherium um, could not have existed with hu with humans back then. I think that's what I heard or what I read. So I'm not really sure if that's 100% accurate because the, the descriptions of Elasmotherium and the descriptions of the Karkadan are, are very, very close like super similar it has to be it could have been seen by other people or uh, the ancient people back then so i kind of disagree with that because of how just how 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 just they, they were described together right um because one the the karkadan is a according to legend is a mythical creature right and the elasmotherium is a real creature that existed before um so chances of not being able to 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 see that it, it, it's insane okay sorry about that where was i at to you cut it for a sec um so yeah just going back a bit to the karkadan um 
so yeah there's depictions of Karkadan and um, yeah it, it's described as having a large white body similar to that of a rhino um, and, and if you look at it it's it's that one that one's a little weird but like if you look at it and you look at the elasmotherium elasmotherium perfect yeah because okay so so here's here's where i thought it could be the elasmotherium because there's some um um, descriptions back then of the carcadan where the or the the people who lived there or who described them the the tribes of Persia or the people of Persia uh, said that this rhino, this creature had fur and a long black horn. And then when you look at images of an elasmotherium, it looks like a woolly rhino with a large, like dark horn, right? Because obviously they probably thought it was black because they wouldn't want to get near it. But the interesting part of the Karkadan is that it's 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 an aggressive creature apparently in the the mythical oh the legends say that this creature like will charge at you if you're near it or near its grazing pastures and one of the creatures that it hates which when i was reading when i was reading through it and i was like what what really okay um it's it's that it hates elephants <laughs> like this rhino hates elephants. I don't know. I don't know if you know if rhinos now um, don't like elephants today. Like, um, if they would see each other in Africa, would would they would they like attack each other? I'm not sure. Um, but in this legend here, um, or um, yeah, in the, in the legend and the and the uh, of the Karkadan, it says that when it sees an elephant. It, it like it goes to the nearest tree to sharpen its horn to charge at the elephant and to kill it and that was pretty insane and like uh they get really mad to the point where when they um when they attack the elephant and their horns go through the elephant it it, it gets it, it gets stuck in the elephant for days to the point where um the elephant starts to rot and the fat of the elephant drips down to the eyes of the the, the rhino, well, the uh, carcadan, to the point where it can no longer see that another large um, flying creature could could kill it and take it and bring it to its babies. So it's insane. That's an that's a whoever lived back then. That's a crazy time to live. You have giant flying creatures a giant rhino and most likely that elephant is probably larger than than the elephants that we have now so that's um a scary time and uh i i don't know how humans survive during those times i i hope i wonder if even you if humans even survive then like um just if they did the, the culture like one of the things i wish i could do is if if there's a time traveling machine i would love to go in it and obviously not being not being able to like change time it's just like kind of like um creating a simulation or even a simulation yeah so a time 
a time machine that creates a simulation of how the ancient Sumerians are, how they lived, and how they spoke. That would be really interesting because um, uh, I would go, like, I would go and just travel across um, different time time zones or timelines and see how people lived back then. I think that would be such an interesting story or interesting thing to do if um if that was possible but you know because i i find that we we know so much about ancient egyptians but we know little of ancient sumerians and babylonians or at least i didn't grow up watching um cartoons or anything depicting ancient sumerians civilization but there's a lot of ancient Egyptians and even ancient Greeks. Um, two of my favorite games, um, Assassin's Creed's, oh, Assassin's Creed Origins and Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, they both allow you to, to kind of experience what it was like living in those times, like ancient Egypt and ancient Greece. So that's cool. That see, like playing those games. And, and I don't know. I don't know if it's just me because I know some of my friends, they don't really like Assassin's Creed and they, they think it's kind of boring and and I kind of get it because it does get repetitive if you if you play a lot of uh, Assassin's Creed games you kind of notice that sometimes it doesn't change as much like the mechanics but um, I, I don't play it for that I play for the story and the world and the details of those games i mean the mechanics i got used to it uh, i'm i'm an assassin's creed fan i don't i don't mind seeing it but um it's just it's different it's it's there's no other game that allows you to go back in time actually um yeah no there's one and it just came out yesterday um actually no it, it, for the listeners here um, because I'm recording this on Sunday, uh, on Saturday, but I'm posting it on Sunday just to fix up some editing. But it came out yesterday, so on Friday, the seventeenth, yeah. And it's Ghost of Tsushima. Oh my God, how beautiful that game is, man! I've wow, wow. That's all I have to say. The only thing, my, my only gripe with the game is that it doesn't have any lock-on features, but it, that's okay. I mean, if it does, I didn't figure it out how to do it. But the characters, the voiceover, the presentation, the fighting mechanics, it's just amazing. It's, I mean, I, I played a lot of Assassin's Creed games. And the, you see a little bit of it, like it kind of, the way he rolls, maybe the way he grabs on a ledge, it's, it sort of looks like Assassin's Creed a bit. Um, there's some mechanics that are similar. Obviously, it's an open world game um, that focuses on melee combat. So yeah, it's, it's bound to be similar. But the, just the world, the character Jin Sakai, he's just... This is different. And 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 the the bad guy. Oh my god. Oh my god. He's just 
badass. It reminds me of like um fighting Darth Vader and it's just ooh when you see him you get terrified. And it's cool. It's really cool. I love it. I'm definitely a fan of Sucker Punch and if a uh, Ghost of Tsushima 2 comes out, I'm definitely getting that because I'm already in love with the first one. And for sure um this is going to get a sequel depend uh, I I feel like it's going to sell a lot. It's it's pretty hype. It's 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 been hype for a long time. A lot of people are going to play it. So yeah, it's it's going to be insane. If uh there's a Ghost of Tsushima 2, if this becomes a, like a a series for Sucker Punch, oh, I'm so excited. Assassin's Creed finally has a great competition. Um because not a lot of games have that wall scaling and you know stealthy assassin type games assassin's creed is they kind of lost its way with the stealth mechanics but um sekiro and i think um definitely ghost of tsushima has a lot of that stealth that if you're looking for that like um um like, like breaking into a, a a fortress and and not getting spotted yeah ghost of tsushima is gonna fill that void if uh, assassin's creed no longer does that for you but yeah that's what i'm doing and um yeah more videos on the way um this is just my first podcast so i'll keep it short hopefully uh, i didn't bore you um and if you like this um please come subscribe to my youtube channel and and um this podcast i will also be releasing a new podcast every week i mean i'll try my best so this is the first episode of my wow that's awesome podcast by reggie draws and uh, i wish you guys a good morning and a good day and enjoy your next week oh my god i'm so excited all right have a good one guys peace out